0: heard a good story this week from a friend of mine, uh, Caleb, who lives in South Alabama. It's about two men who were trying to measure a pole. And so one guy uh, stayed at the bottom of the pole holding on to it and kind of holding the tape measure down there at the bottom with his foot, while the other guy uh, was trying to shimmy up the pole uh, with the other end of the tape measure in hand so that he could get to the top and measure it. Uh, And, of course, before he could get to the top, the pole would fall over. And so the guy dusted himself off, and they gave another shot. One man holding, the other man climbing, and the pole fell over again. And they did this a number of times uh, before an old-timer who was walking by came, came up to them and said, Hey, guys, why don't you just lay the pole on the ground and measure it on the ground? And the two guys look at each other, and then they look at him, and they, and they said, Well, we don't, that, that would tell us how long the pole is. We want to know how high it is. Wisdom. We need wisdom. Uh, skill in living well in God's world. That's what we've been talking about this summer as we've walked through the Proverbs Uh, And over the past few weeks, we've been talking about uh, particularly how wisdom addresses our hearts. Proverbs 4.23 tells us that the heart is the wellspring of the rest of life. Uh, And so what comes out in our heads and what comes out of our mouths and what comes out of our hands begins in the heart. And we've looked at uh, several areas in our heart, several emotions. Um, Today, we're going to look at another area. Uh, but I wanted to just go ahead and let you know that today's sermon is not for you. It is actually it, it's it's for your spouse, uh, it's for your friend or your coworker or your boss, uh, because today's sermon is about pride, and you probably don't have a problem with pride. Uh, but I bet you know someone who does, so you can take notes for them and pray for them uh, that God would help you uh, help you help them with their pride problem. All right. Uh, let's give our attention to God's Word. We're going to be in Proverbs 18, verse 12. That'll be the the text we begin with, and I'll read, as I have with other parts in the series, I'll read some other Proverbs as we go through. But let's give our attention to God's good and holy and infallible Word, Proverbs 18, 12. Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility is comes before honor. This is God's word. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Let's pray and ask for his help. Father, we pray that your word would now come with power to our hearts. Lord, that you would reveal our pride to us, uh, that you would show us your answer to pride, how we can cultivate humility but, Lord, also uh, how your good news conquers our pride. So, Lord, would you do your good work in us? We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, one of the things that st- uh, stuck out to me last night as I was listening to the parent panel, uh, the three couples who were up here, the veteran parents, uh, all of whom we chose because we believed them to have wisdom in regards to parenting, uh, and to a person. Uh, One of the one of the things they said about their parenting was that parenting put them in over their heads. Right. That there was no way to approach parenting and say, I got this. I got it figured out. Right. That their wisdom had to come by humility. They were God brought them to the end of themselves. He humbled them so that they would cry out to him and therefore gain wisdom. And that's, and that's the, the main idea that I want us to see today, that wisdom and humility go hand in hand. In fact, uh, humility is at the very heart of wisdom, while pride is at the opposite end of wisdom. You cannot be proud and wise. All right. So I want to do three things. First, let, we need to identify pride, um, and then we want to cultivate humility and then we want to, and, and really these are kind of out of order, but I like to finish with Jesus. And so uh, the third point is we're going to conquer our pride with the gospel. Really, that should probably be step two in the process, but, you know, rhetorically this flows better. So we're going to identify pride. We want to cultivate humility, and ultimately we want to conquer pride through the gospel. So let's, uh, let's identify pride, uh, and this is one of those things where, um, where God's word can, can kind of be like a visit to the chiropractor. Okay, Um, you may have visited the chiropractor, a physical therapist, kind of like physical therapist after surgery. You didn't really you didn't realize how uh, how much work you needed until they got started. Um, I've been having some some trouble with uh, with my hip and so went to the the chiropractor a few weeks ago. I don't really go very often, um, but if you've been to a chiropractor, you know how it works. Right. He he starts pulling and stretching and and maneuvering and you're like okay yeah that's i've got some tightness there and and then he took like the the heel of his hand and put it right on the spot right and you about come off the table yeah god's word kind of does that to us sometimes so um it's it's good but man does it hurt right but there's healing on the other side of it so let's let's identify pride how might we define pride Look again at uh, Proverbs eighteen twelve. It says before destruction or a shattering or a breaking, uh, a man's heart is haughty. Haughty, that word means to be high, to have an overly inflated view of yourself. In fact, I, I can't even say the word haughty without like turning my head up, you know, like turning my nose up and kind of looking down. Right. It's almost in the word. And, of course, when you have an elevated chin, right, when you're looking, uh, like when your eyes are lifted up, what are you doing with other people? You're looking down on them, right? So to have an overly inflated sense of myself is to have a deflated sense of you, right? If I have a high view of myself, I have a low view of you. That would be haughtiness. Now listen to Proverbs 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. So here the haughty spirit or the over-inflated sense of self, that, that high spirit, is parallel with pride. So to be proud is to have an overly inflated view of myself. Is to have an overly high view of myself. Pride and haughty are the same. Uh, so pride is having a high or overly inflated view of yourself. Let's meet a new character. We've met a couple of characters in our uh, jaunt through the Proverbs. We've met the wise person. We've met the fool. In a couple of weeks, we're going to meet the sluggard. But Proverbs twenty one twenty four introduces us to another character. Here's how that reads. Scoffer is the name of the arrogant, haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. Literally, it reads, uh, proud, arrogant, Scoffer is his name. Maybe your translation says mocker. Uh, but this person is, uh, is full of pride. The, the word for, for, for pride here is like a, a pot boiling over. So here you have this brazen, insolent, swaggering person who is full of himself. Right? She acts with overbearing pride. Uh, she thinks a lot about herself, and she wants you to know it. And you might say, well, thankfully, I'm not that person. Um, so let's look at some of the more acceptable, right? I don't know that many of us would say we're a mocker or a scoffer. I Maybe mean, we wouldn't identify ourselves in that way. But why don't we look at some of the more acceptable forms of pride, okay? Uh, Jerry Bridges uh, has a book called Respectable Sins, and a number of these I, I pulled out of his chapter on pride because this is a sin that we tend to tolerate in the church, um, and the, the first one is the biggie, moral superiority. Moral superiority, also known as self-righteousness. Um, now, listen, it doesn't take much for us to, uh, to find something to put our righteousness in, okay? Um, I'm a little ashamed to admit this, um, but I am ha- doing better at this. I'm getting better. It's not as much a problem as it used to be, but I have windshield wiper righteousness, Um, basically, if you use your windshield wipers too much, I I judge you, right? If you're the person who leaves them on high, even after all the water is gone, so they're, like, screeching across the glass, I judge you, right? I I view you as inferior, okay? I'm just telling you right now, like, if you misuse your windshield wipers, I have a moral superiority complex about that, Okay? So you just need to know that if we're riding in the car and you don't turn them off, um, you know how I'm. You know what I'm thinking in the passenger seat. Okay, <laughs> all right. Now, of course, that's a little bit silly, uh, but we do this in every area of life, right? Uh, one of my favorite authors is a guy named Paul Miller, and he, uh, in his book uh, The J Curve, he talks about the the failure boasting slide, right? And what that is is it's kind of like the game. Um, chutes and ladders that you may have played when you were a child, right? It seems like there were always lots of opportunities to fall down and very few opportunities to get up. Um, But here's how the failure boasting slide works. We're always sliding down into failure. And so what we do is we boast, right? We always look for opportunities to assert ourselves over other people. We do this in religion we do this in morality, we do it in politics, both sides, left and right. We do it financially. Uh we do it in health. Right? We look down on other people who don't make wise choices. Now, listen, what this this doesn't mean that there's not wisdom and foolishness. It doesn't mean that there's not right and wrong. It doesn't mean that there's not good and evil. Okay? There are those things. So we're not talking about right it, it is better to live a healthy life than to not, okay? There are things that are good, and there, are, and there is such a thing as sin. There are things that are bad. But what we're talking about here, the form of pride we're talking about here, is when you look down on the other person. That contempt or disdain or disgust you feel for the other person. Right? That's self-righteousness. That's moral superiority. How do I know if I'm doing this? Well, do you examine and criticize, or who do you examine and criticize first? Is it other people? Society? The world? Right, like right now as you're hearing this sermon, are you looking at your own heart? Or are you thinking, yep, that is my spouse's problem. Yep, that is my boss's problem. He should really work on that. Right. Who do you criticize first? Um, Who are you more likely to identify a problem in someone else before you look at yourself? That's moral superiority, self-righteousness. Listen to what Jesus says about this in Matthew seven. Verse one, he says, judge not that you be not judged now. We like to stop there. Uh, We often often put the period right there and say, see, Jesus said not to judge people. It's not quite true. It's not really the whole story, right? In fact, uh, he's going to go on here in a second. We, We have to make judgments. Again, there are right and wrong. We do make moral decisions, and some are good and some are bad. Listen to what Jesus says. Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Basically, what Jesus is saying is, if you're going to hold someone else to that standard, you're going to be held to that same standard. So be careful. He goes on, Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. I mean, I want you to see how humorous this picture is. You have a two-by-four sticking out of your right eye socket, right? And you're kind of coming around the corner like, oh, hey, let me help you with that speck of sawdust. Right, That's the picture Jesus is painting, but that's what the self-righteous person does. They ignore the two-by-four to go for the speck in someone else's eye. That's pride. And Jesus is telling me to get off my moral high horse, to acknowledge and deal with the sin in my own life, and then to seek to help others. Humility so uh, self righteousness is one acceptable form of pride that we uh, that we put up with. Uh, another is an independent spirit. This would be the unteachable person. the person who regularly says, "I already know that i've learned that a long time ago i don't i don't need any help I got this that's the independent spirit this this person Uh, Likes to help others. So, this is where most of us are in the middle class. We don't mind helping others, but we do not want to be helped. We like helping others, but we do not like to be helped because we would have to acknowledge that we're in need. We would have to acknowledge that we're insufficient. And we very much don't like that. We want to be independent and strong and sufficient. And so what that creates is this unteachable, I got this handled spirit that is pride. So maybe you're not one of those, uh, self-righteous or independent. Maybe you would say, um, Kevin, I'm not proud. In fact, I have a very low view of myself. In fact, my view of myself is is crippling. It's so low. Like I I have a hard time being around other people. I have such a low view of myself. You're the insecure person, right? Instead of boasting about yourself and your accomplishments, you use a lot of self-deprecating humor. Or maybe the internal narrative runs something like, I'm no good. I hate myself. That, too, is pride. Listen to this. Uh, Tim Keller, in his book, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness, by the way, this book is fantastic. It's under 50 pages, so it's about my speed, Right? Um, I would highly encourage you to pick it up. Tim Keller, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. Here's what he says. A superiority complex and an inferiority complex are basically the same. They are both results of being overinflated. In, In other words, right, you're still thinking about yourself way too much. Whether you have that overly inflated view of yourself the, the mocker, the boaster, or right, your ego has been deflated, but you're still all about you, right? So one of them thinks negatively, one of them thinks positively, but it's still pride. And so, if just, and those are just some of the uh, acceptable forms of pride. We could really keep going, but if those, if that's how we might identify pride in our lives, we need to also ask the question. How does God feel about our pride? Proverbs 16, 5. Everyone who is arrogant, it's actually the word haughty, everyone who is haughty in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. Wow. Everyone who is arrogant, in heart is an abomination to the Lord. That's a strong language. That's similar language used for some of the sins uh, that we condemn in other people. Right? Abomination. That's that's how God feels about our pride. Why? Well, as C.S. Lewis says in his uh, in the book *Mere Christianity*, he has an essay on pride. Um, he says that pride is the anti-God state of mind. Right? The proud person uh, rejects God. I think about the word self-righteous. It means right, that I, I am making myself the measure of righteousness. I am, I am looking at myself and saying, I am good. I am the measure of goodness. In other words... I am God, and God finds that detestable. We want nothing to do with God if we are proud. Right? The proud person doesn't see himself or herself correctly. Right? They reject God and put themselves in the place of God. And God says that if we remain there, it will not go well for us. We will not go unpunished. So how do we cultivate humility, right? If we don't want to be there, how do we get over here? Well, let's define humility. C.S. Lewis, again, says, Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Right? So the answer to high, an overly inflated high self-esteem is not low self-esteem. Right? Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it is thinking of yourself less. How do we get there? Proverbs fifteen thirty-three. The fear of the Lord is instruction and wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Proverbs twenty-two four. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor, and life. Two things I want to point out that was Proverbs fifteen thirty three and Proverbs twenty two four. Two things I want to I want you to see about those uh, passages. One, the fear of the Lord, a right understanding and awe of God, and humility, are parallel to each other. And so humility, right? If haughty means to have to be high. To have an elevated sense of self. Humility, the root word, is to stoop or to be low. And humility and the fear of the Lord go hand in hand. When I have a right view of who God is, then I will also have a right view of of who I am. Right? That puts me in my place. And I also want you to notice that the outcome is backwards from what we would expect. Right, He says the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Usually we think that if I'm going to get glory, if I'm going to get recognition, if I'm going to get honor, then I need to be elevated. But the Bible says the exact opposite. That when I stoop, when I go low, that that is actually what brings me the, the riches and honor and life of God. And who else do we see that in but in Jesus himself, right? Jesus is the embodiment of these Proverbs. He is the one who, of all the people, right, Jesus deserved honor and glory, and he renounced it. In fact, in John 8, 50, he would even say, I do not seek my own glory of all the people on the planet. Who deserve to seek his own glory. Jesus said, I do not seek my own glory. I seek the glory of him who sent me. He was focused on his father. So how do we cultivate that lowly spirit of humility? Well, first, right, we need to see ourselves rightly. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six: Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Right? We need to see ourselves. that There are no self-made men or women. Everything we have is of grace. Everything we have is of grace. Everything we have is a gift. And if that's true, there's no grounds for boasting. Even if I've made good decisions, good financial decisions, good health decisions... Right? And my life is Like I'm making wise decisions. I can't look at that and say, I did this. Right? Because God gave me parents and in-laws uh, who not only modeled those things for me, but then also have been financially supportive. Right? Um, I had nothing to do with where I was born and to who I was born to. And if so, if so if those things have made for my success, well, I can't take credit for that success. It's all of grace. It's all of grace. We need to see ourselves rightly. Two, we need to regularly repent. Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen: Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. If I see myself rightly, it also means I'm going to see some things I don't like. I need to regularly repent of those things, both to God and to other people. Right? I mean, what could be more humiliating? What could bring more humiliating, uh, bring more humility than repentance? Acknowledging, that like, whoa, I don't have this all together. I've made some, I've, I've made some major mistakes. I've hurt some people. Right? Uh, repentance. Regularly repent. Third, I need to be willing to receive correction. Proverbs 15, The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. If I struggle with an independent spirit, I need, to, I need to learn to be teachable. I need to learn to receive correction. Harold Best was a professor at Wheaton College, and I love this quote. He says, The mature are easily edified. The mature are easily edified. What that means is, Right, we think that a spiritually mature person, you know, let's let's say let's say you're you're sitting in a bad sermon, it happens, okay, right? The mature person is is able to sit even through the worst sermon and say, yeah, I can. God, God's given me something there, right? That's something that I can work on. That's something that's something I needed to hear today. That's the mature person. He's the humble person. He's teachable. He can receive uh, receive correction. Um, So that's how we cultivate humility. uh, But ultimately, we will only begin to cultivate humility once we conquer our pride with the gospel. And we already talked about how Jesus is the the living example of Proverbs 22, 4. That he went the low road. He did not seek his own glory. In Philippians 2, 5 through 11, Paul traces Jesus' path. To show us uh, Jesus' attitude of humility that leads to salvation. Jesus goes down into death and then up into glory. And that's the road for every person who wants to follow Jesus. Right? You have to go down into death if you want to get up into glory. That's the path of Jesus. How do we get there? Well, pride says, I got this. I can do it. The gospel says, Jesus has got this. He's already done it. Right? Uh, In every area of life, we perform to get a verdict. Let's go back to that, that failure boasting slide. Right? If I'm always feeling this slide down into failure then I have to perform, I have to boast, I have to do better so that I can get a verdict of approval. So that I can hear from other people, well done. Right? So that I can look down on those below me and say, at least I did it better. Right? So uh, performance leads to a verdict. But in Christianity, the verdict is already in. Jesus has already paid the debt. The judge has already issued the verdict. And the verdict is not guilty. And the word that we hear from the throne is, Well done, good and faithful servant. It's like God looks right past me to Jesus. And so, if there is no more verdict, if I am set free then that, that takes me off that failure boasting slide. I don't have to be there anymore. I don't have to boast because there's nothing to boast about. Right? All is grace. And Jesus has done for me everything that I needed to do. And so now I'm just free to love and free to serve and free to grow. Right? We conquer pride with the gospel because the verdict is already in. I don't have to perform Anything I can get off the failure boasting slide. So the best way to cultivate humility is to take your proud heart to Jesus and let him melt it. Because as he says in James and in Peter, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So let's stoop before Jesus And receive his grace that makes proud people humble people. Amen. Let's pray. Come on up, Zach.